0: What I tell people a lot of the times is like, we don't really want to focus on DeFi. We don't really want to focus on NFT-Fi either, like NFTs or like some version of here's an asset and bet on the number going up. Because like, I think it's found its product market fit in crypto and I'm very, you know, I, I have fun with it as well. But I think there's a lot of crypto that's yet to be discovered, especially on the consumer application side.
1: Hey everybody, Tanner here with Wagme Ventures. On today's episode, we have Burnt Banksy, founder of Burnt. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagme Ventures podcast where we do snapshots with interesting builders, founders, and investors from across Web3. Check out wagmeventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Burnt Banksy at Burnt. All right, hey everybody! This is Tanner. This is the Wagmi Ventures podcast, and I'm here today with Burnt Banksy, founder at Burnt. Hey, Uh, Burnt Banksy, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm
1: doing great. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm super pumped to chat. This is like by far one of the more interesting (laughs) kind of stories and projects that came out of sort of all kinds of stuff. So I'm I'm like fascinated. Yeah, dive in. So. You know, obviously, we're going to talk a ton about Burnt and all the cool work happening there, but I would love to maybe start just by going back a little bit. Maybe you could talk us through a tiny bit where your interest in Web3 originated and kind of how that translated into jumping into the space kind of more formally.
0: I was in college in 2016, and this was like this was like when Consensus was cool and in Brooklyn. And my college dorm room didn't really have, you know, they didn't really charge for electricity. And so me and my buddy... Eric, who now runs Injective, the L1 for finance, we were mining Ethereum in my dorm, going to consensus, And this was really at the start of kind of this New York crypto kind of scene. And my, I mean, my original fascination with it kind of just started there, which was just some kids in college trying to make some money. And it led into what we have here now. And and I guess I could probably start getting into the origination of why I'm called Burnt Banksy, if that works for you. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So, According to the name, right, so I bought a Banksy, right, and you're never going to get it, I burned it, hence the, uh, the name. But, <laughs> but in all actuality, you know, I, I bought a, a Banksy art piece back in February 2021 for about $90,000 at the time with this kind of idea in mind where, you know, we had this was before Beeple, this was before really, I and mean, this was before everything. And it really, I mean, the only thing we really had was like Crypto Punks and Crypto Kitties at the time, um, Zen Horse, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I had loved my Crypto Kitties, and I had a bunch of CryptoPunks back at the time. Lost a few and a hack or two, but a lot of people would be like, you know, hey, if there's no value in that, right? Like this, it's not my living room. If I can't touch it, if I can't see it with the value, and I go, okay, well, let me take something that has value, quote unquote, sold in a Sotheby's auction, you know, and then Banksy's very known for this kind of stunt. I lit it on fire, and I sold it as an NFT, and you know, let's see if this. The value transfers, right? Let's see if if you're right and this has no value. So we ended up selling it for about four hundred thousand dollars, and I think ETH was at like eleven hundred at the time. And for all of twenty twenty one, I believe we were the highest average priced sale on OpenSea. Um, and kind of, I mean, if you look at the Wikipedia for the word NFT, uh, we're still cited in there being as kind of one of the early actors in that, alongside Nyan Cat and people. Um, you know, and yeah, and that's that's kind of where my real journey started. Super cool. OK,
1: so I know we're skipping a ton here. I I maybe have one follow up. I'll save to later, but would love to maybe jump into talking about what is burnt. Right. And so I, I read the piece you wrote where it says burnt exists to rebuild broken systems of ownership by any means necessary, whether it be technology, products, experiences, guerrilla campaigns, fearless acts, etc., and so that was obviously fascinating, right? So I, I'm curious, maybe as a way of describing what Burnt is and what it does, could you talk a little bit about this expansive vision of rebuilding broken
0: systems of ownership and how that kind of relates to what you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think what we're doing is very different than the ethos of crypto, right, which is rebuilding these broken systems that occur. I I, I think I like to see us as kind of a... a expansion, if you would, of the the overall kind of crypto thesis. You know, and I I think by any means necessary is a very good point, right? Whether it was, you know, building early standards on Solana to try to make things easier and cheaper, whether it was trying to build no-code solutions, which we've done before. Uh, burnt has had its hands in a lot of things, with its newest project being Zion that we've been working on for two years. But I think... When we talk about, like, by any means necessary, I'm, I'll am i be lighting myself on fire in exactly a month, which is interesting alpha. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can, we can go into that. but So that'll be exciting. But with all that said and done, right, like, I, I think the by any means necessary is an important part of that. And I think this kind of goes to our overall thesis, which started three years ago of, you know, we understand that there's a, an immense benefit in crypto. And, you know, for the Wagamy Ventures podcast, you know, I, I feel like it's not one of those that I have to go into too much detail on. You know, but it's the first time we've ever had digital scarcity. And I believe in co-ownership and I believe in cooperation, especially in a digital fashion. And, you know, I think there's a lot that needs to change. But I think the unfortunate, you know, the, the unfortunate circumstance that we're in is only really the highly technical have access. You know, and this is kind of what we're working to solve with Zion is I th- I, we believe that in order to progress our vision and progress the vision of crypto as a whole, a lot of work needs to be done so that everyone can participate.
1: Love it. Okay. So I'd love to talk more about that process of creating Zion where, you know, maybe just starting with how you even identified the problems because, you know, breaking in, breaking down the big notion of like, all right, there's all these technical barriers to crypto adoption. What did that process of breaking things down look like? And what was it like solving for those specific problems?
0: Yeah. I mean, for a while, I mean, it's kind of one of those stories where you, you kind of build for yourself in a way. And we were building a decentralized marketplace on solana you know because our original original goal was like hey we want to you know we really believe that the next you know the next picasso could be found in africa and the global idea of crypto and so but we wanted to make it a lot more accessible right ethereum was expensive and there was a lot of issues with centralization and i think this is also at the time where like they had a product at OpenSea so got hit by insider trading and so right. um you know we wanted to build a truly decentralized auction protocol and we wanted to make it accessible for everyone but in that it was you know the we realized that the problem was so much deeper than that because you know in everything that we were trying to do the the onboarding process and, and the education that was required was was so immensely difficult and you know i hear people bragging that crypto is, is reaching the adoption curve of the internet but i think that is so fucking embarrassing sorry if if i'm not allowed to curse in here no, i think no that i think that's immensely embarrassing and you know we were ending up being the B D people for Solana and for Phantom Wallet at the time because that was our whole job. It was getting people on Phantom, it was getting people buying Solana tokens so that they could interact with our with our product and it was it wasn't what we wanted to build because you know, and this was in a bull market where even at that time everything everyone was willing to to kind of go through these hoops and these hurdles, right? And then come Doe and Sam and you know, we understood that, hey in order to move out, like into the future, this can't be possible. And you know, it's one of those things which was, you know, we looked around. We had a bunch of great investors who who'd helped out the whole time. Right, like we raised from Multicoin, we raised from Animoca, and like these guys were the freaking best at helping us out. You know, and and including we had a parody which was Polkadot, um, you know, Phantom, the the L one at the time, the the stood on uh, Cindy from Polygon, you know, and we had a bunch of L one investors, and and uh, you know, even AVAX team was here in New York, but. We realized just like the grass wasn't greener, and was one of those things which is like a fuck. We have to do it ourselves, and so <laughs> when we started. I mean, it's funny because like we started doing, we broke ground on this, and I would say June twenty twenty two, and it we I did not expect it to take this long to like do everything that we wanted to do. But you know, we released our white paper in December. We released our our last test net about three weeks ago. And in that time, we onboarded about 850,000 people and like 10 million transactions. And, you know, hashtag Zion everywhere is currently trending of just people being able to use their Xbox or their Vision Pro or their phone on a cruise to do, you know, interact with Zion products. And, you know, it's one of those things that it it's been a long time coming and very, very excited for the future.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's fascinating. Hey, everybody. Quick thing here. We're excited to announce Wagmi Advisory, your home for all things fundraising, hiring and partnerships. This is all about supercharging your project with the Wagmi Network consisting of over 20,000 executives, investors and builders in crypto, all ready to come alongside your project to help it succeed. Get in touch at team at to learn more and figure out if Wagmi Advisory is the right fit for your project. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's, I'd love to zoom in a little bit on on that testnet experience where like, what has it been like getting it out into the wild and how have, you mentioned just kind of offhand a couple examples, but like how have maybe more non-crypto native folks been able to engage in these new ways? Like, what has that experience
0: been like? It is just, it's just easy, man. Like, and I think that's just what it is. And there's, in my writing, I talk about two barriers, right? There's a physical barrier, or like a functional barrier, and then they, like a, like a, knowledge barrier, right? And the physical one's pretty easy to solve, right? You you got like Privy in 4337, who's like, yeah, you can sign in, make a wallet with an email. But I think there's like a lot more to that, which is, okay, well, I still need to learn a concept of bridging. I still need to learn this concept of what Ethereum is and what Solana is. And if I want to be on a new chain, I need to understand what the concept of a chain is. And that is something that's much harder to solve for, right? And, and it doesn't really have a very correct answer unless you get pretty opinionated. And I think we just get opinionated, right? And everything that we did was enshrining a lot of these UX, these you know, these opinionated UX decisions on a protocol level, you know, where you, you know, we had a partnership with USDC, um, announced, I think it was like November or something like that, where we wanted to nominate everything in USDC, a native USDC as well, you know? And with that comes you know, this kind of concept of, well, I should be using my credit card rather than trying to bridge or buy tokens and things shouldn't be moving. You know, like when we were on Solana and I would have someone an NFT and be like, yeah, try doing it for like $20. It would be $40 the next day. Like by all means great for Solana, but that's not, that's not, imagine like going to order your coffee and it's like, oh, that's $5. And when you turn around, it's like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's, It's actually 15 now. Like, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's hilarious. <laughs> totally. Okay, so you know, I have one. Uh, it's a little bit of a pivot, but it's it's a genuine question I had around
0: pivots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. It's it's kind of like a project building question, or more of like a company building question, I guess. But mm-hmm. you know you guys seem like a bit of a studio model and studios studios are really interesting to me because they kind of, they're essentially enabling talented people to work on a bunch of interesting stuff, which is I think really attractive for certain personality types. Right. And so I'm curious, like, am I wrong on sort of that metaphor of how you guys are structured a little bit? And then, you know, how do you think about and how have you thought about getting kind of the right people in the room to pull off what you want to create that expansive vision?
0: Yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, Studio model is an interesting kind of way to call it. I I don't think, I think it's been happenstance that that it's kind of come out that way, quite frankly. I I think it's just getting a bunch of people in a room who have very similar ideas and have very similar thoughts with the mentality of by any means necessary. Like I am by no means a creative. I have a technology background, but I have, I have like opinions, (laughs) right? I have, I have things that I want to say and, and I've realized that we can get it done. Right. You know, I've, I've, I've realized that that mm, there's value in speaking and doing things and getting attention, and you know I, I think I've done a very good job at at being able to kind of garner this attention and being able to go, like spark conversations, which I think is the most valuable thing in the world. And so, you know, I, I think it depends on on the timing, right? Like we've built a product internally, but like our engineering team, quite fr- like quite frankly, has been significantly more focused on an L one for the past two years and you know i think it's been reflecting in like the hiring and kind of the the where at least my focus is on and you know when i'm when i'm like lighting myself on fire what what the cause of that is what the conversation i want to spark is right what what we want to say and and how we want to say it but i do think that that at some point it 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 almost doesn't really matter the backgrounds of people obviously like to a certain extent of course it does right but you, I've seen engineers become artists and I've seen artists become engineers, you know? And, and I think as long as you can have a bunch of people that, number one, you trust, which I think is extremely important. And ha- like, I don't know if I'm just kind of speaking for myself, but I think everyone at the company has this by any means necessary mentality. And we're very open about that by any means necessary. But I think that's like that's what drives us together. And I think it's happenstance of how structure is formed if that makes sense like we we don't really care about being a studio it's just yeah i guess i guess at some point we kind of are <laughs> yeah yeah i love it that makes a ton of
1: sense and the like-mindedness makes a ton of sense too where if you you can almost have like all of the right pieces other than that but if you don't have that then like what what can you really expect to happen that's remarkable or, or worth building
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah okay so you've hinted at a pretty exciting roadmap that is being worked on in stealth, and you know, I, I without asking for anything too particular, is there anything just directionally you could share for what people might be able to expect from Burnt over the next year or two years, three years? Yeah, I mean those are very different questions.
0: Sure, yeah, <laughs> maybe wanna, one year even. We want to start. We want to start small. I would say. Actually, that's such a fucking light. I guess relatively small. Small may be the wrong word. I would say more so focused. I think in a lot of the, like, the main thing that we're launching is Zion. And that's where my focus is. That's where every, everything really is, is kind of centered around because I think we look at Zion as this kind of bedrock for everything that we want to do in the future, right? Like, we've made it super fucking easy to do everything, made it super easy to onboard. We can onboard anyone. We can have this super amazing user experience that we're very proud of right and na- then then it becomes like okay let's have some fun with it right but but until totally. then like we we had to do this we had to effectively just do this for ourselves you know and within this year like we are, we don't what i tell people a lot of the times is like we don't really want to focus on DeFi, we don't really want to focus on nft5 either or, like nfts or like some version of here's an asset and bet on the number going up because like. I think it's found its product market fit in crypto, and I'm very, you know, I, I have fun with it as well, but I think there's a lot of crypto that's yet to be discovered, especially on the consumer application side, and for the reasons that we've mentioned, right? Like, I look at Frentech, which was the UX marvel of this last cycle, and man, like, yeah, sure, you had a nice email onboarding, but you still had the bridge. Like our designer lost $200 while bridging it over because he sent it to the wrong contract address. You yeah. know, everything's still denominated in ETH. It's still for crypto people, right? And I just don't think that we've had the opportunity to really move past that yet, which isn't like, I don't want to say it in like too negative of a way, right? You know, that's, that's definitely not my goal. But I think I think like this next year, it's just experimenting and, and seeing, okay, interesting. This works. This doesn't work, right? And, and then kind of progressing that way. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. So, you know, I want to circle back on on a couple of things here, not least of which is just what's going on right now for your team. But I'd love to maybe take a step back and, and ask some more general questions about the space too. Cool. Be- because I'm, you know, I, I was curious when I, I read that New Yorker piece about you and I feel like given how, you know, a little bit of your reputation came about in 2021 with that Banksy burning. Yeah. That was just such a particular moment in time, right? Like NFTs were relatively new and hyped. And it was just this moment that was a unique season. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious how you reflect on where things have gone since that moment, maybe kind of especially how things have changed. And- so that might be like piece one and then piece two, if you had kind of a magic wand of what you'd keep from that era and maybe what you'd want to discard, like what, what was good and what was bad about sort
0: of that era that you oh, kind of, I mean, the community was the best back then. This was like, dude, do you remember Clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, all of crypto was on Clubhouse at the time. Like, and it's funny because I talk about it from like, like all oh, the good old days, right? <laughs> but it's, yeah, I missed that a lot. Like, I really, I genuinely, genuinely miss out a lot. And I think you had so many people looking to support people, people who didn't like I was doing the fun, like I met some of the most incredible people of my entire life. And I've learned the stories of everyone that we were working with. And just everyone was so close. You had this concept of community. And then, you know, I, I think you you had this concept of community of a people helping each other. But then, you know, if you got into a right NFT collection, then you also made money. Right. Like, and it's not bad. Right. People wanted your friends to make money and people wanted to help additionally. Like, and I think that's, I think that's really important, you know, but I think that community aspect got packaged, right. And it got resold. And I think what you kind of, and like the aspect of digital identity, it got packaged and resold and it ended up becoming like this stupid profile pictures craze where we just saw the ICO boom, but with JPEGs, you know, and I, and I think, don't get me wrong. I think that what, Board APR Club did was absolutely genius. And I think it was the first, and I think it was a marvel of their time because it was the first time that you were able to say, here's your, like, we understand your digital, right? We're in a digital world now. Here is your, here is your avatar of the digital world. Here's a community of, of people who see like this. You can very quickly understand a Board Ape when you see it. It was creative. It was fun. It was cool, you know, and, and and you really, I mean, it really showed the, the, potential of crypto right like you saw these communities being formed and they were strong communities right we were and got us to places like snl and it got us places like that the issue that i had was then once you got there you then had 40 million other animal profile pictures with chewing bubble gum or a nice you know a nice fancy hat right that that then polluted the space and i mean kind of say be sold right but but it ended up becoming kind of this this cesspool that of like of just you know attuned to the ico boom if you remember that
1: yeah no fascinating i i I think that makes a ton of sense and i i think it speaks to kind of what kept people here and i i even just remember even like crypto twitter kind of hollowing out over the past couple years how even that experience has been kind of weird to watch yeah experience but okay so you know a little bit of a recurring question on this podcast is almost as general of a question as I can create. The question is basically, you know, if I put to you, the future of crypto is blank,
0: how would you fill in the blank? Silent. I would say, I would say the future of crypto is silent. I don't think it's something that I think it's similar to the internet, where the success of crypto comes in the benefits that it shows, but in in the silence that it exudes. And I can like go on that, but we're on uh, ZenCaster. Dot com, which I don't know who hosts Zencaster.com. It could be, you know, it could be AWS, you know, cl- whatever it is, but it doesn't matter, right? It's all these websites are hosted on it and we're using it and people are using it and no one's really asking, Oh, well, I mean, are you, are you in early, like, are you in Zencastr? Um, you know, right. people are just, we're using this thing. Right. And then, so when I say silent, it's, you know, I, I think that's a great example of, of effectively what I mean. Yeah. I think that makes of sense.
1: So, you know, a couple last questions here for you. First thought would just be if you could maybe provide your most generalizable advice for founders in this space. It's just kind of such a unique world, right? I'd be curious what your most generalizable advice would be for someone trying to, you know, looking at what you have done and are doing and think, oh man, that's amazing. What would it be worth them knowing?
0: What would it be worth them knowing? I would say that, I mean, shit, it took a while to get here, right, it took a took a lot of chewing glass from from my old Solana days, right. And I think don't be here if you don't give a shit. Like if you're here for the money, you you've lost already. Just kind of what it is. I would say that's probably more what I'm saying.
1: Love it, Burn Banksy. What is your team working on right now, and what's the best way for people to follow along on the journey?
0: Yeah, we are working on Zion. Definitely check us out. We just crossed over a million followers on all socials combined, but. Join our Discord, join our join our Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. You know, we have a Telegram announcements channel as well. I would say for updates, check Twitter. I would say for community, check Discord. We're always looking for people to grow. And I think for us, community is one of the most important things. And so, you know, it's something that we're stoked about and we love facilitating. But yeah, or just... You know, check out the news and you'll see us at some point.
1: Perfect. Bert Banksy, thank you so much for coming on. Super amazing getting the chat and I'm excited to, I mean I guess I guess you are lighting yourself on fire here in a month. So I'll yeah. be following that. I can't wait to see all the cool stuff coming out of Burn. So thanks again. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and maybe give us a good five-star rating and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts so you can get all the latest conversations with the most interesting crypto founders, investors, and builders from across the world. Thanks so much. Have a good one.